Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hi, welcome to episode number 44 of the People Powered Business Podcast. How are you? I hope 2021 has started off brilliantly for you. Perhaps you've enjoyed a break, uh, spent some time outdoors, spent some time with family and friends. Whatever you're up to, I hope you've had a fabulous, fabulous start to the new year and are looking forward to diving back into all things to do with your business. Um, And I hope your team are coming back energized and ready to go for you as well. For those of you new here to the podcast, hello, welcome. I'm really, really excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. You'll hear new episodes of the podcast each and every Wednesday. And here on the People Powered Business Podcast, we discuss everything to do with your team, from hiring the right people through to managing them, dealing with performance issues. And of course, like we're discussing today, unleashing the power of your people. To those returning to the podcast, thank you. I so appreciate you returning each and every week and excited to have you here for another year of the podcast. So let's dive in to today's episode. Today's episode is part six of our six-part series, so the last part of this series. And in this series, we've been discussing unleashing the power of your people. So week one or part one of the series was the introduction and we discussed that this series was all about short episodes with really practical and easy to implement ideas to help you get the most out of your team so that you're not doing all the things and you're not spending your days managing your people but so your people are driving your business forward. In part two, we chatted specifically about getting the team together and we took a deep dive into the importance of team meetings and we looked at how to create and maintain practical, useful and valuable team meetings that really set your team up for success each and every week. How did you go with that? Is that one of the things on your list that you want to get implemented in 2021? If you're not having weekly team meetings already, I really, really encourage you to get that on your list of things to do. Get it happening. In part three, we spoke about getting things done without you having to do them. And we looked at the art of effectively delegating tasks. And I challenged you to pick one task and one team member and get something off your plate and on to someone else's. And I certainly hope you're working towards that. And then in part four, we looked at amping up engagement, creating an engaged team that are really driving the business results that you desire. And last week in part five, we looked at keeping the dream team together. We reimagined your retention strategies and I provided some sample ideas that you may want to get implemented into your business to keep your team together. Retention is one of those things you need to constantly put some work into, but it's not difficult. And last week's episode provided a few samples for you. Now, we've bought you this six-part series really deliberately because I truly believe that you cannot build a successful and sustainable business which delivers you the success that you desire and the freedom that you seek without people, and more specifically, without the right people. And I really believe there is a right person for the right role. If you've got the right structure, there's the right person out there. And whilst finding that person might be a bit of both art and science, It's really what you do with them after that 
that really counts. It is where the momentum is gained. From their first day on the job through their journey through your business, that's where you have the opportunity to get the most out of them. And some of the strategies we've been sharing here on this six-part series are designed for you to do exactly that. Designed for you to not spend your days managing people and doing all the things and running around like a headless crook. They are designed to help you maximize what your people are up to. And to finish off this series, we are talking about the importance of feedback and reviews. Ken Blanchard says, feedback is the breakfast of champions. And ain't that the truth? Without feedback, none of us can improve and refine our skills, know where we stand, know where we're at, and know how we're performing. Organizations with despondent staff typically have one thing in common, and that is their team is not receiving feedback. Now, that either by might be a lack of formal reviews or just a lack of regular and reliable feedback, no feedback loop or pattern in place in the business. These teams know when something goes wrong, they're told that, but what about when they do something right or when things are going well? It's crickets and it makes the team despondent and disengaged. I couldn't tell you the number of times I've walked into a business and you feel the energy in the room. And when I get chatting to the people, what I find out is that there is a lack of communication, a lack of feedback. They feel like they're not being communicated with, they're not being heard, they don't know where they stand, they actually couldn't recall the last time they were told they were doing a good job. It's not a great culture. So feedback on a regular basis is critical. And I'm a big advocate for formal performance reviews as well. So today we're going to look at those things. Effective reviews and feedback are critical to your staff growth. They help develop your people. They help improve your people. And they help set your people on the right path to deliver the business success that you are after. So my challenge for you today is simple. If you've already got a review process in place, I would love you to review that process and tweak it and make at least one improvement so that the process is better. Think about this with your employees in mind specifically to improve the process to get better results. Because I don't know about you, but I've certainly been involved in formal performance reviews that are a complete waste of time. They're an annual meeting where everyone sits down and has a lengthy discussion about each line of the position description with no real output, no real path beyond that. And then comes around to next year and we do it all again. Nothing happens in between. What a total waste of time. No wonder some businesses ditch performance reviews, but that's not how it has to be. Performance reviews can be productive and effective and give you real benefit in your business. So today I've got a framework. If you're just starting doing performance reviews, this is a framework you can absolutely follow. Now, in terms of when and how to do reviews, I am currently a big fan of quarterly reviews. Now, reviews are more traditionally done annually, but I'm really currently a bigger fan of the quarterly reviews, and these are done in a much shorter, sharper framework uh, and time frame. And they're very focused on how success was achieved in the quarter before and what success needs to look like in the quarter ahead. I like this smaller chunk of time for many reasons. One, it's much more practical to be reflective and to take action. 
the annual process is just too long apart. Two, it remains relevant, but also when we're going through times of change and we're in an era where there is a lot of change happening, it can just make sure we keep things much more relevant. Because if you did a performance review and set some plans in place in January of 2020, I would bet my bottom dollar that that changed by December of 2020 because the world changed. So quarterly reviews allow you to keep it much more relevant. But no matter how often you're doing your reviews, same framework can absolutely apply. So this is a really easy framework for those who don't have a review process in place. And I'm going to share some things throughout here that if you do have reviews in place, might help you to really tighten up that process and gain more benefit from it. Now, first of all, if this is brand new to you, your team meeting is where you want to have this conversation first. See, told you the team meeting would come in handy. So at your team meeting, let the team know that you're introducing this new process. I even would love you to ask your team what experience they've had with reviews in the past, because this will help you determine what um, lens they're looking at performance reviews through, um, what they liked, what they didn't like, and listen to their feedback and where you can work in some of their positives into your process and make sure you avoid the negative experiences they've had in the past. The simple process of asking them that and taking on board their feedback actually is a huge benefit to you because it's an engagement strategy, but it also will help you to build a review process that all of your team are going to be on board with. Now, if you're going to do quarterly reviews, then what I would love you to do is set aside one day per quarter. Now, depending on the size of your team will depend on who's doing the reviews. I always like the direct manager to do the reviews, but sometimes you may also need a more senior person in there as well. So there's no point only the person that's three layers up in management doing the review because they're not seeing what's happening day to day. They can't give any real practical insight into the performance. So definitely the direct manager. And if they don't have a really strong management skill set yet, perhaps they're still developing that, or they don't have some of the authority, then you might also get the next person up involved in the review process as well. So depending on the size of your team, one day a quarter is ideal and get them all out of the way at once. And uh, that means it's all set in stone in the diary as well. So you set one day a quarter and you put it in everyone's diary. So they know that that's review day and everyone knows that's what you're doing as well for the day and don't plan to try and bombard you with other meetings. And everyone knows it's coming and, and what's to be expected. Now, in terms of how long you should be spending in those reviews, if you're doing quarterly reviews, I think half an hour is ample. Some of you may get a decent review done in 15 minutes. I think that's a bit short personally. Half an hour is ample. I don't want you spending an hour every quarter necessarily with every single employee. That could be overkill. You want to get the meeting done effectively, but without wasting time. That's for everyone's sake, to be honest. So you've set the date and you've allocated, let's say, half an hour per employee. You might want to book them an hour apart just in case one runs a bit over because the employee needs to talk to you about things because you want to create a, an environment and a format and a framework where they feel comfortable to openly discuss things with you in these meetings. So don't back-to-back -back them so tightly that there's no room for a, an extra chat or discussion because you can get so much in those unplanned discussions. And then what you do from there is you start to plan out the review process. So a couple of weeks before... You want to be asking the employee to do a few things in preparation for the review. Now, I like to get them to review their position description and make any notes about things that might have changed or extra tasks that have landed on their plate that weren't there previously, or um, you know, possibly some things have fallen off as well because of either change or technology or 
all sorts of things. So just ask them to do a quick review and make any notes and they, they all they need to do is bring that in with them to the, the review meeting. And I want you to get them to consider how they are going in comparison to their KPIs and key result objectives. Now, if you don't have KPIs in your position description, hmm, that's a whole other episode that we'll cover for you on creating great KPIs. But you'll have some form of objective that you are wanting them to achieve, and that's the success measures of the role. And I want you to get them to consider and make note of how they are tracking in comparison. They might... You, you could get them to do this on a scale, you know, like a one to 10 or an exceptional down to didn't meet the target scale or just in general note form, whatever works for you in your business. Some of you really like really clear structure. And if that's the case, a scaling or a rating system might work better for you. Others find that a bit too cumbersome and a little bit too contrived and controlling. And you just might want to just general feedback loop around how they've gone in comparison to those KPIs. But what we're really looking at is have they achieved what we set out this this quarter? I love asking them to come up with a list of three wins they had in the last quarter and three areas that they would have done differently or better or that they wish they had some other knowledge in. This will help you identify where you've got some training gaps and it might be something that you actually didn't realize that the employee was struggling with and creating this forum and this environment for them to say, actually, I I really didn't feel comfortable doing that this quarter. I was in over my head or uh, the timing wasn't right or I didn't have enough resources. You need to know before you hit a catastrophe that someone's starting to struggle in a particular area. And the other thing I have them come up with is three key objectives that they would like to achieve in the quarter ahead. So three lots of three, three wins from the quarter before, three areas of improvement or challenge in the quarter before, and three key objectives for the next quarter. So you're getting them to do those th- those five things. Review the position description, consider how they went against their KPIs, and get them to come up with three wins, three challenges, and three future objectives. And you want them to have all of that prepared when they come into the review meeting with you. Now, importantly, you need to do some work here too. And critically, those three lots of three is where you want to be looking at. Three wins that you observed in the quarter before, three challenges you observed, and three key objectives for the quarter ahead. Now, if you do have very well set KPIs in your business, it's critical you discuss that with the employee at the meeting. So let's move on to what happens when you actually get in the room, when you're actually in the meeting. It's important to remember in the meeting, this is a two-way conversation. This isn't about them doing all the talking and nor is it about you doing all the talking. The meeting is a two-way conversation where you should both be discussing those predetermined, those pre-worked on things that we've just discussed. So you get into the meeting and you discuss, have there been any changes to the position description? And if so, you work through that together figure out, is that the correct change? Has something happened that shouldn't have? Do we need to update that document? And you go through that. You then look at the KPIs and how did the employee compare? Did they meet all the KPIs? Did they fail to meet some? And if so, why? So it's not about just saying, yes, you met them. No, you didn't. It's how could we have improved on that? Did we set the bar too low? Were the KPIs way too easy? Or if you didn't meet them, what stopped us from getting there? And then you go through your three lots of three. What are the wins? And maybe you've got different wins to them. Maybe you observed something that you are going to compliment them on that you saw as a win that they hadn't even considered. 
How great will that make them feel? Really, really good. So talk about the wins, talk about the challenge areas, and it might be important to spend some time here to work through how you can overcome these challenges. Do you need to be providing better training, better support? Is the employee not up to speed to where you thought they were? And if so, how can we overcome that gap? So really making sure we have a plan in place and set the plan in place for the next quarter and follow through on it. Make sure you get it done. And critically, three to five key objectives that you want them to achieve in the next quarter and they agree are reasonable to to achieve as well. So you jointly agree on these three to five objectives for the quarter ahead. This is what's going to tell you whether the next quarter is successful. So when you meet again, a quarter down the track, you're going to have a really clear idea as to whether that quarter has been successful based on those objectives alone. So it's a two-way street and you come to an agreement based on all of that. This is also the time to have a discussion about training and development. Like I said, if there's been challenges, if there's been things where there's been a gap, you need to put a plan in place and be really specific about that. What's the training going to look like? Who's going to deliver the training? How's that going to happen? When? Are we going external? Is it internal? Really specifically, get all of that down and document it. And importantly, after the meeting, and you'll hear me say this a lot, document, document, document. I know you think you're going to remember what was said in the meeting next quarter, but you won't (laughs) because you're human and so are they. So get it documented. Whether you take notes on your laptop as you're going through the meeting, whether you use an audio recording device and then have that transcribed, whatever works in your business. But use some way to document what's happened in the meeting and set a schedule for what you promised in terms of training and development, in, in terms of support. Whatever you agreed on in that meeting, put the plan in place. Then you set the date for the next meeting and that's it. You rinse and repeat. Easy, right? It's really, really simple to get a nice, smooth, quick, but effective review process in place in your business. The outcome of having this in place is that both you and the employee have a clear pathway of what success looks like for that role each and every quarter. This provides focus. It will make sure the employee is dedicated to achieving that. And you know what all of that gives you? Results, productivity, and profitability. Who doesn't want more of that? So super simple framework I've just given you there to create quarterly reviews, which are my current favorite framework. And I really like that rule of three. Three wins from the last quarter, three challenges from the last quarter, and three to five core objectives that need to be achieved in the next quarter in order for us to know that that has been successful. Now, on top of the formal review process, I do also want to encourage you to make sure you've got some form of regular feedback happening in your business. And for some of you, this may need to be something that you very consciously do. It particularly, I think, you know, it depends on your team members, but some members of your team need feedback. Our extroverts particularly rely on feedback. They rely on that interaction. If you don't give them feedback, they feel depleted. It's really important to them. Introverts less so, but it is still important for them. So have a feedback loop in place and you as the leader need to be also prepared to receive feedback and know how to manage and deal with that. In fact, I think we'll do an entire episode on receiving feedback from your team and knowing how to manage that best. But it's so important that it is a two-way street and that the feedback flows in a loop throughout your organization. Now, this wraps up our six-part series, and I really, truly hope that you have found benefit in implementing one single strategy from 
all of these episodes. And what I really wanted for these episodes was for them to deliver you some quick wins, some easy to implement strategies, as I said, for you to get some time back, to create some freedom, to move tasks from your plate onto someone else's, to really engage with your team, to create a culture where your team thrives and is engaged and is driven towards your vision, your purpose, your desired success measures, whatever they look like. So thank you so much for joining me for this six-part series. Next week, we get back into our regular framework of delivering the podcast. Now, don't forget, if you haven't yet grabbed your free ebook, Unleash the Power of Your People, which goes a little bit deeper into some of these strategies, head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com, click on episode 44, and you'll be able to grab your free ebook there. So peoplepoweredbusiness.com, click on episode number 44. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Have a fabulous week, and I can't wait to chat to you next week on the People Powered Business Podcast.